Variety from Garou. So we're good here, nice. and we've been joined by Martin Harvel from Bad Wolf. Hello. Do you want to introduce yourselves as well? Because Myself? Yes. Yes. I am a collection of multiple personalities. Oh dear. Um, yes. Some of them are nice. Some of them <laughs> are not so nice. One or two are quite dangerous. And this, ladies and gentlemen, is why he's not actually part of the DWPA. <laughs> <laughs> and today it is Professor Dave. Not a real professor. Yeah. And that's Tony Galashon. Hello. Wearing a fez. Not a real fez. No. Yeah, who told me to get the fez? You told I me to get told the fez. You, you, got the got fez. you went to the fez shop, you got yourself a fez, and you said, I've got a fez, you'll need a fez on Saturday. Fezes are cool. <laughs> so I went and I got a fez. No, I said, I've got a fez. Well, darn bush. I've got a fez, you haven't. No, 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 no. This has just got an explicit tag on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, our fez is nothing like our chief scientist from Stagnant Stories. There's women going, I don't like that word, it is a rude word for a part of my body. Don't <laughs> <laughs> Rich, I'm Adam. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we're at the Matthew Waterhouse signing, Lakeside in Thurrock. Turk. Turk. Oh, that's for the Canadians out there, yes. Um, we were built Turk. Uh, yes, okay. Scared now. Um, and seeing as it's Matthew Waterhouse, let's talk Series 18, Series 19, Matthew's time in the show. Season 18, right? Series. Series. <laughs> I'll keep him quiet. Very wise. <laughs> so, um, Memories of Full Circle, first time round viewing it. Did you see it originally? Did you see the repeat? DVD, Martin. I saw it last night. Really? Um, yeah. Via various means. Okay. Ask some questions. <laughs> what did you think? I loved it. Is that the first time you've seen it? That uh, was the first time I've seen it. Yeah. Great. It fantastic. Um, yeah. I've been on the, uh, Wikipedia. I've been looking up a few facts about it. Apparently it was down towards Waterhouse and some northern guy. Uh, Andrew Smith. Head. Yes. Now John quite Prescott. senior in oh God no. he's quite yeah. senior in the police force apparently. My, John Prescott, the writer. Yeah. My friend's dad actually worked with Andrew Smith as a police officer. Oh well, found that out yesterday. Yeah. I feel an interview well, opportunity coming on. It could well be. <laughs> well, Martin, you've just given us the second least impressive celebrity story of the day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did beat the. the with, with, with Tony was yes. a pantomime day. Hello. And whose bra did you wear? I wore Jane Wakeham's bra, who was a Channel Television presenter. So, Tony's a transvestite who takes <laughs> minor celebrities' underwear and parades in public wearing it. How he broke into a bad garden like that, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite easy as Jersey. You'll have to old, do that sort of thing. It was the old days, it's when he could run. Okay. <laughs> do what? Yes. So, anyway, you've come to Full Circle. I mean, it's a very sunny show, do you think? It was. It was. It's sort of like, here's the sunflowers and the, uh, the rainbows and stuff like that. But it was good. I mean... Um, the twist that there's this other band of people who were sort of, um, what do you call them? People. 
Uh, Marshman? Rebels. Rebels. Outlands. Outlands. Ding, 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 ding. ding. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, the rebels um, fighting against sort of rebels. Light. I'd love rebels. some. Oh, oh I'll go and get you some rebels. The old man's... He's, he's sulking, basically, because he can't go and watch his Clangers DVD. I got a Clangers DVD that's off for two ninety nine. Oh, fantastic. And it comes in a carry... I'll show you. Wait a second. I've got any more. Are we going a tad off track, you think? Possibly. Oh, it's all right. You can edit easy. Look, right, oh, right, and right. I will. Look, and it's one of these ones that's got to come to the carry case. That's a tough <laughs> thing I'll buy my son. Yeah, I know, but it's me. <laughs> Second child of here. <laughs> Second. <laughs> Several. Please tell if I have a free piece of advice. So we were talking about the Clangers. No, we weren't. Full circle. Well, actually, what they did, apparently, was they went out and they painted all the foliage. Oh, where, where was it filmed? Uh, Black Park. Okay. I think. I know they did Castrovel with the possibly State of Decay and possibly Full Circle. I could be wrong, though. But it wasn't a quarry. It wasn't a quarry. It was very, very pretty. Yeah. They painted all the stones green to look like leaves. Okay. <laughs> yeah. As okay, you where... You've been on the tiffin, haven't you? I have. I've put my fez on. We are wearing feathers. Mildly perturbing. Oh, so cool. If you say so. I have a reliable authority. Darabush, apparently. Don't keep saying that the Egyptians get really upset with you. Yeah, let's let's. Um, yeah. If there are any Egyptian listeners, can you tell us if Darabush is actually the word for fez? Please. It's basically, it's Ahmed has put his hand over the children's ears and is ushering out the room. <laughs> so such filth being broadcast. That wasn't Matthew Waterhouse's first performance of that track. Uh, it was in State of Decay. Okay, I haven't seen State of Decay. You haven't seen State of Decay? No. You, that's you youngling. Oh, a classic yes. one, that one. Yeah, it is a good one. Is that the, uh, the vampire? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, you're giving it away. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> for a 30-year-old... Uh... Yes, for a 30... God, is it really that long? It's yeah. really 30. Basically, if nobody said a Doctor Who, he stole the police box. Borrowed. He borrowed. Box. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so, it's, so it's all part of the East Bay Street. <clears throat> Tony stole women's underwear. It was presented to me. Look, you are wearing <laughs> this. It was oh, on a washing line, you. tell the truth. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought it's, it's yeah. a present. And the lingerie fairy said, Wear it, wear it. <laughs> Actually, that was Pat Dubrow. Anyway, um, Pat, evil. Pat, Pat, Pat Dubrow. That was her name. She was very evil with wigs. She's type of wigs into your head when trying oh, to no. no, she did, because I had to wear... Had to wear <laughs> Six inch nails. I'm drifting. <laughs> Merkins. <laughs> drifting, much like happens on Professor Dave's Ark in Space on iTunes and Libsyn. <laughs> and Bad Wolf available at the same places. Staring stories. Got <laughs> met. It's slightly <laughs> more professional than Bad Wolf. www.flashandblade.org.uk or www.flashandbladepodcast.net Oh, didn't hear that one. I saw the new T-shirt design. Barguments. Yeah. Oh, and Barguments, yes. Oh, and Barguments, which is coming out some point tonight, which will be some point in the future for you listeners. In the past. In the past. But maybe the future. Timey-wimey. It's it's very rude. This is going well. Um, So, the whole space trilogy, I mean, you gentlemen, you two gentlemen, were actually there, sort of. Vaguely remember it. Didn't watch it. Did you not? Not at the time. I was in my um, mid-teens alcohol and girls phase of life and mm. so Doctor Who disappeared for a couple of years. See, I think mm. I managed to actually include both. <laughs> Doctor Who, alcohol and girls. That's three. But you get the idea. Yeah. Mm. That was interesting. And time. of these three, Doctor Who was number one. 
it was the combining factor. <clears throat> I was in the hedonistic days. <laughs> no, I've gone back and I've seen... And it's an overall view, which may or may not be appropriate here, but as you may have gathered, that doesn't worry me too much. Nope. <laughs> um, I started work in 1980, so I started seeing Peter Davison's first, the series 19. Yes. Mm-hmm. When it was on in the evenings, I'd get out for work, have my tea, or oh, yeah. and got watched watch Doctor Who. It was, it was just on, and but that's what got me back into the show. Mm-hmm. And what has been fascinating for me was that I saw Adric, first of all, in the Peter Davison years, when I think the character wasn't served well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he really wasn't served well. He I agree. He was pushed to the background, and the interesting points were taken away from him. Yes. But recently, with the DVD release, he's from Two Entertain, who I'd love to get review copies from. Um, <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> but watching those review copies, and I see where Adric came from. And the character was not well served in the later series. Is it Too Many Companions? Too Many Companions. And I, I just don't know what it was, but he was pushed to the background. Yeah. And I don't think he was the, by far the worst actor on the show either. No, definitely not. Mm. I also, I, what I like quite simply is the fact I think the character was designed to actually work with Tom Baker's Doctor. It was an older Doctor and an old Doctor because he'd been there so long. Mm. Tom himself had aged up. And mm-hmm. as a result, he had this apprentice, if you like. And that worked. Mm. And then suddenly in comes this young, fresh-faced vet. And it jarred. It just didn't work, which isn't fair on the character of Adric, but of course if you've got the Doctor, the Doctor has to come first. Mm. Mm. Um, so suddenly you have a Doctor who's running about around this young, youthful... With celery. With celery. Do you think they could um, handle the Adric storyline better nowadays? Yes. Oh, they, There's yeah. no two ways about it. Good question. Even looking at the Martha years, the Martha year, <laughs> she wasn't well served, but she's much better mm. served than companions of old. Yeah, yes, very much yeah, so. Yeah. And they have come back to some of the traits of Adric with... And it's a kind of an insult to the guy in a sense, but the character of Turlo yes. was took some of the more interesting traits of the doctor of um, sorry, the doctor of Adric mm. and used and arguing the new series, uh, Adam. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's only in two stories though, wasn't it? Yeah, we never did find out, but that was just a throwaway thing. Yeah, the companion yeah. who couldn't. Mm. And that was it. And yeah. there's scope there to develop the character and to do something. You know, modern technology, sorry, future technology back in here. I can yeah. imagine being stuffed and chucked in a torchwood vault somewhere, quite frankly. That's maybe. possible, yeah. yeah maybe. Um, sorry, is that a personal ambition? I'll be stuffed <laughs> and chucked <laughs> in the torchwood vault. <laughs> Captain <Baron>. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, I, I do think, I mean, I'm lo- looking through it. The character of Adric did slowly have character development during his time with Tom Baker. He was slowly learning stuff, and, and Baker's doctor, because he was a gabbler, was mm. able to impart all this knowledge to him. I mean, look at Lycopolis, for example. And Adric's constantly being inquisitive, asking these questions, getting answers, sort of. And then, mm-hmm. so the character slowly started to develop, and then bang, it stops. Mm. And yeah. the next piece of character development you get, apart from the obvious, oh, I'm going to change sides every episode, yeah. is, is enough shock. I want to go home. And it's a case of, yeah, this this just yeah. isn't doing the job, quite frankly. And I've, I've got a problem of, with the Davison era. Um, up to a point, much as I love some of the stuff, I get the feeling that Eric Saywood was not the best script editor. Mm. Didn't understand Doctor Who very well. I don't think Christopher Rich Bidney understood Doctor Who very well. But he did bring Wash in a certain... <laughs> Bidney is the wisest man who ever lived. <laughs> so he thinks. Um, but 
I mean, series 18 is my favourite series. However, I can see its faults. I just, I don't know. I think that it's a case of New Broom coming in, let's stop with the character development of everything else and get rid of them. No, I, I hate that. It isn't just Adric that suffered that, though. None of the other characters progressed at all either. Oh, even Davison was treated quite badly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm only what's it, during his second year, he was, he was, he was, it was when he made his decision to quit. Mm. And he was tempted to go after the next year. He saw the scripts for his third year, he was going to stay. And then thought, no, I better get out whilst I can. Mm. Mm. Which is a shame because he'd his third year was dilemma. better. <laughs> yeah, he'd seen the twin dilemma. <laughs> but I mean, it's a, it is a, a great shame about Adric because people moan about the acting, and I'm sorry, I disagree. That is how an awkward teenage boy would be. Yeah, definitely. But then he wasn't a teenage boy, was he really? He was supposed to be, yes. He was playing a teenage boy. Exactly. But he was an alien. All right, all right, a teenage alien boy. He was, he was an adolescent. Maybe more could be made of that, I don't know. Here's a question for you. Okay, um, the guys from Elzarius, yeah, yep. they mend really quickly, they evolve really quickly, everything else. Does that mean they have a shorter lifespan? Don't know. Don't know, Matthew Watson, they go and ask <laughs> Yes, because I really want that look again from anybody. <laughs> Every time I ask a silly question of somebody, they just get looking at me. I have to go away and crawl under a rock. Or Fez. Steal underwear. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to let this down, am I? <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if he listens to this podcast and goes, I wonder where that brow went <laughs> yeah. to. <laughs> no, I, I get the feeling I'm not exactly um, <clears throat> favourite of the month of the Jersey Elite. But anyway, Or the brow Elite either. <laughs> yeah, we see a red dot, so he hit you on the head. With, um, <laughs> yeah. Terry's the duck. Yes. Uh, did anybody listen to the big finish, The Boy That Time Forgot? Uh, don't get me started on that. I, no, I didn't. I re- but... When I was on the WhoCast, I reviewed it with mm. Trevor. Oh, yeah. And... Have there anybody else heard it? No. Yeah, I've listened listened no. to bits of it, but not the. Uh, I couldn't no, stand I to listen to the whole thing. Really? Quite frankly, yeah. The, um, the idea is good. It is the a good plot idea. It's solid. The problem is it's Andrew Sachs. Yeah. And Andrew Sachs, ordinarily great, great voice actor. They it's should. They Adric. should have got uh, Matthew back in. There's no reason why they couldn't have had Matthew back in. Um, no, it's okay. uh, it ruined the whole play, which is a shame, but. If you're going to have something that emotional, um, you know, the reunion between the Fifth Doctor Nissa, and Adric. Mm. It doesn't Damn make it, sense. Get, the car, get the right yeah, cast yeah, in. It, it would be like having somebody else play Davison's part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, they don't recast the old dead Doctors, do they? No. So why are they recasting companions? Very weird. Andrew Sachs's granddaughter. <laughs> oh, don't mention Was it because he was Spanish? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of Russell Brand stand yeah, up show funny, I that last night. Yeah. These two reprobates think it's <laughs> fun to pick on one of the acting's national treasures, mainly in part because he's Spanish. God. It's <laughs> good old came back, like 20 minutes later and uh, updated the same thing with the, um, the same message. <laughs> I mean, at this point, is it fair or right to mention the fact that uh, the character of Adric is. Not had the best fan reaction over the years. I think oh, that's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair to make the comment, but I don't think it's fair the way that he's been perceived. I think there have certainly been worse companions and worse actors. I'm also going to make a point that, unlike Colin Baker, who did get a bad press at the time, mm-hmm. yeah. Matthew Waterhouse and Andrick have not had that chance to be reevaluated. True. Good point. Yeah. Again, it's back to the big finish. Yeah. yeah. Recasting, isn't it? Come on, Nick Briggs. Come on. 
Yeah, basically. Come on, we want some Adric. <laughs> Shut up, Dave. Stop maybe, sniggering. Maybe you could do a Companion Chronicles. Oh, that, that would, would be, be interesting. Yeah, that, that would be that interesting. That's something to ask, mm. I think. Mm. Um, yeah. It would. It, I, wasted. I think that's 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 the key phrase. I think where Adric's concerned. Wasted opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Maybe when uh, if Tom Baker does start doing the big finish line, they'll eventually have to go down the Adric route. Hmm. So we might get it that way. I don't know. The problem is. Uh, I think we're looking. I think he's, they, they've lined up Sarah oh, okay. and the Brigadier. They both expressed great interest. Yeah. And quite frankly, you can't knock Nick Courtney. You've got to get him in and do oh, as much definitely. as possible. Yeah, basically. I mean, he's a signing for Joe. coming off, actually. Yeah. Does he? Um, at Ells Court on the 17th of July, I believe. It's a stamp centre. Uh, it's in Ellscourt too. Oh, is it the Kleptomania? That's the one, yeah. The uh, London. Kleptomania. I'm glad to hear he's. Is that, that their theme tune? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to go, but then I saw he's on the list and I thought, yeah. I definitely. I'm glad to hear he's back. Because uh, last year, Tenth Planets were trying to get him along to do some signings, he wasn't well enough. Oh, no. Well, he's in his 80s now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed him in Sarah Jane. It was good. Yeah. Popped up. In what? He was in. <laughs> he was in Sarah. Sarah Jane. He was in Sarah. Canine and Company. K9 and company, Thank you. yes. Yes, and before you make any comments... Psylocke and the dog. And, and Psylocke and the yeah. dog! <laughs> yes, and before anybody so makes any smutty comments here, yeah, let's put for another reference to Staggering Story. Um, so, what's that comment about Russell T. Davis and Sarah Jane? I, I couldn't possibly repeat it. <laughs> possibly just as well. Yes. <laughs> right, um, well, I think we've covered this incredibly in-depth... Can I actually yeah. just raise one point here as well? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Which you don't always get until you come to one of these events. Yes. Because, as we said, the character of Adric was, I think, badly treated. And yes. Matthew Woodhouse's acting ability was maligned. Yes. Um, and through fandom, because we all know that fandom can be a bit bitchy at times. Yes. yes. Faddish, too. <laughs> He's not always had the best of yes. reputations as a person. Yes. Having met the guy... Lovely man. He's he, a delight. He He's a sweet, charming, yes, friendly, very approachable, so. and cooperative guy. Um, one of the nicest people I've met at a signing. Um, he's I'm admit, he's yeah. also at the same signing as Nick Courtney. Okay, I'm oh, getting really? scared now. <laughs> yeah. Bad Will, responded by Glettomania. <laughs> Can I just say, things are actually on the podcast now. I adore the name of your podcast. Oh, thank I you. think that's brilliant. <laughs> it started initially because I've done this uh, River Song like petition thing now to get Have series you? Yeah. Yeah. And initially it started off to get Bernard Cribbins' own spin off, but then I was thinking about doing a podcast and I thought, oh, what name can I use? And I remembered, ah, I did Bad Will for Facebook. And that's a great, great name. Uh, what's it? Um, Samuel, I think one of our regular. I think he's going to be doing a podcast himself. He's going to be calling the oncoming Stormcast. <laughs> okay. It's about curry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love about uh, the DWPO. We managed to sort of spawn off more and more podcasts. That's I'm great. not DWPO. I'm the, I'm the plucky individual. We are the Firefly. You lot are You're going to be cancelled. <laughs> you, you lot are Star Trek. You're all off and we're just a plucky little group. Me and Lil, but the one to go on for today's Arkham Space. Are just available on iTunes and Zoom by any chance? And Zoom as well. Zoom. 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 Yeah, I, I, I had to look up the Zoom was. Yeah. So, um, I forgot what I was talking to say. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I feel if I just keep on talking, it will come back to me. Oh, God. Anyway, um, so. so oh, today. Oh, you're here, Martin. Dear God. 
Where's your co-host, Imran, the smooth lady lover? The smooth lady lover. <laughs> lady love is, Imran. <laughs> he's on daddy duty today, looking after his two kids. So is that the consequence of being a smooth lady lover? It is, yeah. <laughs> long, long day here at uh, Lakeside and Tarek. Yeah, but um, we have put up with you. Yes, that is true. <laughs> i got a fez. Um, that's is our, our main podcast. It's not much, it's just us being very, 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 very silly. And Dave being very, 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 very senile. Um, Much like it is on stays out in space. I choose liberty. Yes, all right. Dear Bod. Hurt him, somebody, please. I'm going to talk to your nurse. Um, <laughs> Linda at the Wonderbill. Uh, <laughs> and where, where can we contact Linda at the Wonderbill? Well, if you contact us at the website, which is P-R-O-F-D-A-I-S at hotmail.com. That's prof D-A-I-S at hotmail.com. We have a Facebook group. Oh, I've got a CD. Look, I'm waving it at the microphone. Can I have one? That's right. Oh, you can have one of those. Yeah, they're really good. They've got episodes of the show. And they've got other good shows on it, like The Flashing Blade, Bad Wolf, and Staggering Stories. Excellent. Who on who? Gosh, lots and lots of rustling plastic. Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> sorry, listeners. <laughs> That's it. It's only a silly little thing, but... what? Who cares? Um, hopefully we'll have some... Um, oh, shut up. We'll have some um, crowd interviews. Um, we need to find a crowd first. Yeah. Um, and then... Checking my head. <laughs> interview with Matthew as well as a reading. So um, stay tuned. Toodles. 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 Okay, I'm sat here with Tim Hurst from Hurst Books. Tim, um, you're one of the people behind today's signing. Um, how many more stops has Matthew got on this book signing off? Well, this is only the second, so uh, I think there's another six or seven signings to do around the country. Okay, so do you know an extensive rough, tour? Roughly where? Yes, uh, next this coming Friday it's Derby, um, courtesy of. Uh, the Hoovers? Yeah, Hoovers, yeah. Good people. Steve Hatcher and his mom. Steve and the gang. Um, the day after that, it's Galaxy 4 in Sheffield, and the mm-hmm. day after that, it's the Videodrome in Worcester. The following weekend, I think he's at Comic Con in London, and then the following weekend, Waterstones in Yeovil. Brilliant. And I th- I, I, I've probably forgotten a couple there Well, as you well. could only fit so many on your palm there. Well, this is it, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, Matthew's just sort of going, going where he's told, really. Derek's organised the the tour, um, which is very handy and uh, yeah, Fair all over the place. Is it going well? Well, all two, all two events. It seems to be. Well, Matthew's enjoying it, but um, it, it's early days, he'll probably be exhausted by the end of it, but uh, yeah, he's enjoying it and uh, I'm very proud to be publishing the books. They're brilliant books, people seem to be mm. reacting well to them and um, yeah, it's going well. I have to admit, it's, it's, uh, we've been saying on this, it's this is a chance in a lifetime, basically. You don't often get to sort of see or meet Matt Waterhouse. No, and it, it's, it's one of the reasons why I was so keen to do the book, because yeah. he is such an elusive figure, and, and actually, in a way, a controversial figure. So this, this is really interesting to hear his side of things, actually. And uh, it, it, it's a great book, great opportunity to meet him. Um, uh, yeah, as you say, it's a, And, of course, there's thing. the fiction book as well. Yeah, the novel came out a month or so before the memoir, and Matthew had published it previously in America uh, himself, um, and it, again, it, it's a brilliant novel. It's a dark modern, um, it, it's, it's a dark comedy, I would say, and set, set in modern day New York. And uh, yeah, uh, re- really good, bizarre book. 
I look forward to reading that. Um, so, what else have you got lined up? I mean, well, Matthew's you've... second novel for a start. Oh, good. Yes. Uh, so that'll be November when Matthew will be back in the country doing another tour, and and, and that the emphasis then will be very much on the novels. Yes. And, um, and, and trying to get Matthew established as a, a fiction writer because it, it's really enough. is extremely competent in that area, and both mm-hmm. of the books are, are very good. The second one is is lighter and more of a, a an out and out comedy rather than a dark comedy. So uh, yes, yeah, so Matthew's second book. Um, we also have two more books coming from Colin Baker. Are these more of his? Uh, yeah, books? one of them is one of them is a book called Second Thoughts, which is another yes. compilation of, of columns, and obviously that will be brought up to date with some columns from this year just gone yeah. as well. Um, and the other book is an exciting one, which is Colin's short stories. So it's called oh. it's called Gallimorphy, which I'm told is a word which it's a French word meaning hot pot or hot pot. Mm-hmm. So it's an yeah. ideal word. Sounds a bit doctory, which is appropriate because <laughs> in the short stories there are ten short stories which are not connected to Doctor Who, but there's a further three which are Doctor Who stories, which the BBC have kindly given us permission to publish. So they're stories about the sixth Doctor, which Colin has written. Um, so it, it's it's a great book of short stories for for anyone, but as a treat for the Doctor Who fans, there are three Doctor Who stories in there as well. Excellent. Anything else? Yes, uh, the, ja- the Jackie Jenkins book. Jackie Jenkins, you may remember, was the what Bridget- a lovely lady. Absolutely, she is a star, and uh, she was the Bridget Jones type diarist in uh, Doctor Who magazine for yes. three, three years. Um, I think it finished about ten years ago. So we're going to compile all of those columns with some new material and uh, bring out the complete Jackie Jenkins. I think she took Nesca the cat with her when she left. Right, no, you've got me there. I ah, the DWM cat Nesca. Ah, okay, right. I, I think Jackie took. Uh, well, we'll see whether that gets that mentioned, and we'll find out whether the cat is still around, no doubt, with the new material. Okay. Any, anything else you need to tell us? Come on. Come on, rack your brains, uh, Tim. What have we got coming in... Uh, I'm trying to think in, in Doctor Who terms. I think well, that's anything. it for the moment. Um, Colin, because, I mean, there are a couple that I can't talk about. Um, that helps. But watch this space... As, uh, as the man in the Hawaiian shirt used to say. But one I can talk about is the Anthony Ailey biography. Um, oh, fascinating. Which will be early next year, hopefully. Uh, we're, so we're yet to fix a date to that. Is it entitled? <laughs> I've no idea what it's entitled yet. That's my it's suggestion. That's my and, suggestion. Um, yes, it, it could be something along those lines. But uh, yeah, so that'll be a biography of, of Anthony Ainley and, and his brother and his father. So actually. Because, I mean, he's another fascinating man. Yeah, you hear this, that, and the other about them, and then you think, well, what's the reality? Well, you hear, you hear very contrasting views mm. about him, and depending on which actor you speak to, and Matthew talks a lot about him in Blue Box Boy, and Matthew was, was very good friends with him, so you hear a very different view from Matthew that you would from certain other actors. Uh, but, of course, he was also this incredibly private, um, unusual person, and um, so hopefully we'll be able to shed some light on that. We're talking to various actors that work with him, we're talking to one of his ex-girlfriends, um, various people that knew him worked with him That's so right. it, it should be an interesting book great thank you Tim and um, we'll keep in touch and find out more what's coming up please do thanks thank you so we're standing here at it's uh, start again shall I it include that bitch to be a sod <coughs> it's Professor Dave here standing at Lakeside Furrock with Phil Phil you're from uh, Sydney Australia Right, that's a hell of a way to come for a signing. Yeah, I'm just a huge, huge Matthew Waterhouse fan. <laughs> <laughs> actually, not <really. laughs> No, I'm actually based in London, so I just thought I'd come. Okay, so what brings you to London? Uh, just check it out, really. Stay yep. with friends, just 
travel to Europe and so forth and you know check out lots of different things. So how long have you been over here? Uh, about six months. Right. And uh, I'm not entirely sure how much longer I'm staying. I'm just sort of mm-hmm. waiting to see how the money goes. Yeah. So. You've, you've lost the accent already, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously grew up watching Doctor Who in Australia. I did. Uh, I suppose I, it's one of those things where you try your best to try and remember the first episode that you ever saw. and It's very, very difficult. I think it was uh, Colin Baker... Pretty sure it was a, something Colin Baker, but I can't remember. See, uh, I hate young fans. <laughs> yeah, that does. Quite my first one, Patrick Troughton, and people. Oh, Colin Baker, I think it was. And then again, I suppose if you started watching it, Troughton, then you might have got to see a lot of episodes that have been you know, subsequently junk that all of the uh, younger fans. Yeah, I can't remember. Can't them. remember. <laughs> Actually, the first story I remember is Evil of the Daleks. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's pretty, pretty good. cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, Australia has a lot of um, British TV shows quite popular. Uh, yeah, you're looking confused because that sentence wasn't English. In Australia, a lot of British TV shows are quite popular. I think so, I think so. Uh, I mean, The Goodies, I p- believe, has got quite a following. Yeah, yeah. And The Goodies podcast is actually from Australia. Uh, the Bill, I believe, did yeah, quite well over pretty, there. Yeah, that pretty well, yeah. I'm just trying to think of some others. So, I mean, Doctor Who's always been my mm. favourite. So, how is Doctor Who shown over there? Because I believe at some time it was shown on a daily basis. Yeah, it used to be shown when I was growing up. It was shown at like 5:30 every afternoon on the afternoon show. It was called. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, oh, it's a bit of creative name in there. Yeah, followed by, um, you know, Danger Mouse or something. <laughs> or something <like> that. <laughs> no um, wonder so many people emigrated to Australia. <laughs> Yes. It's sunny, yeah, okay, and it's quite nice, yeah. And you have Doctor Who in Danger Mouse every... Uh, that puts me on the plane. Yeah, yeah. No complaints there. <laughs> <laughs> so were you involved in fandom in Australia? No, no, not really. I kind of, um, you know, I watched it as a kid and mm-hmm. watched the show as a kid and um, kind of then, you know, through teenage years, completely forgot about it. Well, I guess it had stood, well, you know, it stopped. I said that earlier on, and they looked at me as if I was mad. <laughs> Mid-teens, you discover girls and alcohol. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that the show been cancelled then, I suppose, but then... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got that excuse yeah. as well. But then, yeah, I kind of got back back into it. Uh, maybe it was around 2000, mm-hmm. um, and then sort of went out and tried it. You know, remembering you know, the, old, the olden days when you were a kid going up watching a show, so you sort of um, you know, go out and buy VHSs and catch up with it all and you know, got into Big Finish and, uh, and I really enjoyed them. So you, you came back to it in a big way then? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. What got yeah. you back into it? Uh, it was, it was, a, it was, I think it was just I was actually in just the local video show and, and, store, uh, and saw um, Doctor Who and the Salurians. Yeah. Oh, I remember that show. I love it. Good epi- it good story. Oh, brilliant good story. Brilliant story. story. And uh, it was sort of kind of downhill off down <laughs> 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 And of course, the new show has been shown in America as well, in America, America, Canada, New Zealand, and Australia as well. Is, I yes. believe. Yeah, I think I saved that one. Yeah, yeah. No, it has, but I mean, I think uh, obviously I've been lucky. I've been over here for mm-hmm. season five slash one slash whatever you call it. Um, but I mean, it's been there's been series thirty one. Thirty one, indeed. Series. Mm. Little bit. Series. Come. 
but yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, I think as I understand, it's like about a two-week delay at the moment, but previous to that, it was quite some time, so, you know, if you're a fan, you don't really wait around for um, but yeah. is the show being popular in Australia at the moment? Is it? I think so. I think it's going pretty well. Yeah, yeah. From, from my understanding of it, I'm not up on the ratings and figures and stuff. No, but, um, but it seems to be going. Seems to be going pretty well from the stuff I've read. So, Good. well, in that case, if we get enough countries watching the show, it continues forever and a day. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah. with a better budget. <laughs> okay, Phil. Many thanks to you. Okay, thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye now. Cheers. So we're sitting here at Waterstone's, Waterstone's Lakeside Furrock with... <laughs> Don't say that when you're drunk. I'm Don't drunk say when that I'm so Canadian. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Trust me. Hey, Stephen. <laughs> Mister, I'd better keep quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I just can't. Yeah. Well, the in-jokes are flying and I've only been here for 20 seconds. <laughs> no, there's a, um, there's a Canadian broadcaster who did a promo and announced it as Turrock. And then afterwards said, oh, well, I didn't realise what it was. Um, anyway, <laughs> we've gone completely off track. It really was funny, really. trust us. Yeah, that sounds, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, laughing inside. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I need Tony to, Tony to shut up because we haven't even announced that we're sitting here with Mr. Matthew Waterhouse, uh, who starred as Adric in, of course, Doctor Who. So, yes. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Hello, Matthew. Thank you very much for doing this interview oh, with us. Yeah. And just like to ask you a few questions. Mm. And the first one would be, what got you interested in acting? I'd always wanted to act. I wanted to act as a, a boy. It's just, it's very difficult to describe why people are drawn to something. And I'm not quite sure why I wanted to be an actor. To be honest, I can't put my finger on a reason except that it was something I always wanted to do. Yeah. And of course, as a fan of Doctor Who. Mm. Yeah, I love Doctor Who. Yeah, I was a huge Doctor fan of that boy. Yeah. Who was I your first it. Doctor Who you remember? Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm too young for William Hartnell. Mm. Uh, so it's Patrick. That's the first one I have clear memories of. I can tell you're too young. You, you have aged horribly well. <laughs> um, Is that jealousy? For somebody who's one of your contemporaries, it's deeply annoying. <laughs> um, so how did you hear about the part in Doctor Who? Actually, uh, um, a, a friend of mine showed it, an article about it in a newspaper. I was working for the BBC in, in a news department and they, um, they showed me this little article in, I think, the Evening News, which is no longer here. Mm-hmm. went under... In fact, I think it went under while I was in Doctor Who, so it's been gone a long time. But it was in the Evening News, they said, oh, they're looking for some new kind of Doctor Who companion, a sort of artful dodger, which was the phrase used in the article. Uh, so I thought, ooh. And I, I'd been cast in a, a BBC serial about a public school and so I asked the casting director who had cast me in that and put me up, put me forward for that, um, to put me up for the Doctor Who thing. And she did, and the rest is history. Mm. <laughs> and as a fan from the show, it must have been quite a unique experience. It was, it was it? absolutely surreal. It's very bizarre, it's very weird. Um, very exciting, it's weird in a good way, mm-hmm. but it was very, very weird. And it happened so quickly. Mm. Uh, you know, one minute, you're just poodling along in the next minute you're cast in Doctor Who. It, it was what sort of a time scale did it, did it happen either? Um, 
about three days. I went, I met John Nathan Turner. He called me back, back into the office, I think two days later, to meet Christopher Bidmead and I think Peter Moffat. And, uh, and then the next day they called. So four days from meeting him to being told I was going Goodness. to and you are one of the companions that managed to span two doctors. Two yes, very yes. different periods. In time. Yes, yes, which is very cool. I, I like that. I, I think regenerations are cool. <laughs> and I was in one. Well, I suppose I was in two, wasn't I? Because my head floated about while Peter <laughs> turned into Colin as well. His, um, his last word was Edric. Oh, uh, quite right too. Yeah. <laughs> Good how did you find the different styles of acting? Did it affect how you acted the part? Um, I think, uh, I, I hope in some sense you, you respond to the actors that you work with mm -hmm. um, so that you, it, it does adjust because of the other people you're working with. I think, I hope that I, I was open enough as an actor for that to happen. So yes, um, very different. I mean, the atmosphere was very different. Tom, Tom was quite a difficult man in many ways. Of course, Peter's a very much easier kind of personality to work with. Mm. So that was very different as well. I describe this in great detail in my fabulous book. In your Box fabulous Boy. book, which I've got here, <laughs> Blue Box Boy, published by Hearst Books. Yes. Amongst your fiction work, because mm. um, since leaving Who, um, and before I move on from that, how did it feel when you left Who to look back on the show? Were you able to watch it again as a fan? Oh yes, uh, um, well I, I knew it so well, I knew the way it was made, I, I understood every shot, you know, mm. when, by the time I spent two years in Doctor Who I knew the process when I watched Sylvester's programmes or Collins' programmes, which I did occasionally. Um, I, mean, I was working quite a lot, so I was doing plays and stuff in the evening, so it's not that I actually saw all of them. But I did dip into them whenever I could. Um, but of course, my way of watching the programme was entirely different from the way it had been um, when I was 17. Uh, inevitably, I just knew the way, I knew what they were doing, I knew the way it was done. And of course, you've now moved, made the move, as you um, pointed out, into writing. Well, it's one thing I've always wanted to do. It's another thing I always wanted to write. I'm, I'm quite bookish. I'm quite a, a mm -hmm. guy who reads a lot, and I always wanted to try and write, um, which I love. It. It's very similar. For me, it's very similar. The acting and writing are quite similar. You know, you're inventing, hopefully vivid and interesting characters that come alive for the people who watch them or read about them. In some ways, they're sort of closely related for me. Mm. Um, and and I, I love both, and I, I love writing, I find it fascinating. I love the way characters come alive and you try and, what's alive in your head, try and put it down on a page in such a way that people who read it get the pictures of the characters and hear them speaking and uh, that sense. That all, I love the idea that writing can stimulate all five senses, that when my character walks around New York City you can kind of, you can hear the cabs in the background, you can hear the ocean, the river, you know, you can smell the food in the restaurants, that's right, that's my ideal of writing, I love, I love that kind of evocation. To create that sense of the environment. And yeah, the and I've tried to do that with the, the biography, my, um, it's not actually, it's not an autobiography, Blue Box Boy is not an autobiography, it's a memoir, it's only about Doctor Who, it's mm -hmm. not the story of my life in any sense, it's just my experience of Doctor Who, watching it as a child, being in it, and subsequently, so it's entirely a book about Doctor Who. And uh, but I wanted to bring Tom and Peter and Janet and Sarah and everybody alive in, in, in the way also that one brings a fictional character to life. I was going to say I'm fascinated to see that you've written it in the third person. Yes, because I, I, it changes the perspective. I didn't want the book just to be with the word I splattered all over right. it. You know, I wanted something where I'm sort of a character among other characters in a sense. 
and also because I, I think it's interesting I have I, I think I chose that also because it was interesting and unexpected it's just a different it makes the book different will we see the autobiography at any stage um, who knows it's not I, I'm, I've got another novel coming out called Vanitas in November and I'm trying at the moment to write another novel an autobiography probably not a direct autobiography I, I don't write directly in that way I don't think so but who knows who knows <laughs> what's the name of the fiction book you're Fate's Flowers is, Fate's comma Flowers is the fiction that's currently out can you give us a, a quick it's about an appalling woman called Sarah Smith who lives in New York City. She's British, but she lives in New York, and her husband died in unpleasant circumstances. She lives on the um, on the uh, the insurance from his death, and she lives rather grandly. Uh, but um, but she's a monster. She's an appalling, monstrous woman. But what I love is that everybody who has told me they've read the book adores her because she's so horrible. You've just got to love her, in a way, and I hope that, that people will. And women love her. It's, it's quite interesting for a male writer to try and write about whether there are males in it, there's the other central characters are boy, but, but I, I love the idea of a guy writer writing about this awful woman, and, and I love the fact that women love the book, the women who are talking about it. And both of them available, obviously, through Hearst books. Available from Hearst books. Or Tenth Planet. Or from Tenth Planet, from your local bookshop. And for the next two hours at Waterstones in um, <laughs> Lakeside. Yeah, we have been sort of pushing the signing left, right, and centre. <laughs> Sunday. Yeah. Yes. And of course, you are doing quite a big tour of the country as well. Yeah, I'm doing some little um, Doctor Who appearance mm. appearances in places like Derby and Sheffield and that. So, because you're now in America. I live in America, yeah. Mm. yeah. What prompted the move to go? Oh, I have an American partner. It's just, oh. it's just straightforward as that. I've moved to America because I have an American partner. But how often do you come back to the country quite often? Um, it, theoretically, I like to come once every six months, but for the last few years it hasn't happened. I just, for some reason, I, I haven't got around to being here for more than a week or two. Um, but, but my ideal is to spend a couple of months here a year when, when, when I'm and in this case, being paid for it as well, fantastic. Well, yes, it's great. You can't knock that, can you? Having money thrown at you. <laughs> can you write out a list of instructions about how to go about doing that? Please? Getting money thrown really at you. Really useful. Yeah. yeah. Charm. Yeah. It's all oh, about that's charm. Nice. <laughs> no, I don't know if even my colleagues have got any questions. That's a no. <laughs> well, thank you very much indeed, Matthew. It's been Brilliant. an absolute delight. I'm glad. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Cheers. Okay. Hello, it's Tony here. Um, I'm with Mark Humphreys, who's the manager of Waterstones. Oh no, he's shaking his head. He's looking very, very panicky. Events manager. Oh, event I'm not, I'm not manager. manager. No, no, no. So, what have you got coming up? Do uh, tell. <laughs> nothing much at the moment. Well, that a- was Mark. Um, it's a quiet, quiet year for, for book signings, um, but you never know. Watch this space, um, and maybe we'll get something like near. Well, where can people actually? Oh, I go to our um, website, waterstones.com, and click on events, and you can scroll down to our store, and you'll see a full list of what we've got coming up. And well, I should always mention we're on Twitter, Waterstones Four Feet Two, and we've got a Facebook page. Just search for Waterstones Lakeside. I always get extra fans after I appear in one of these, so 
do come and become a fan wherever you are in the world. Do you have fans, Mark? I do, I do. We have lots of fans. Is Emily one of your fans? Do you know, I think Emily is one of, of one of the fans of it, yes. And she'll be thrilled to be mentioned, even though she's not here today. Yet she's again. Spirit, yes. <laughs> Poor Emily. She leaves in a month. She's off to be a nurse. She's finally got a place in and she'll be gone in the middle of August. I'm starting to feel quite sad, actually. We needed to at least have one final word with Emily. Yes. Yes, you should just come down for treat Emily as the celebrity. Yes, have, a, have an Emily signing. Yes, I, I, if only I could. If only she'd written a book, that would work perfectly, wouldn't it? <laughs> Listen, Mark, thank you. Um, keep okay. us up to date. And I will do. I'll be in touch if there's any more Absolutely. events later in the year. Thank you very much. Okay. Cheers. Him, he was delighted by Michael Robbins, who was a unique and characterful person. Michael Robbins had done countless seasons of the inexplicably popular sitcom On the Buses. This programme was a truly mysterious phenomenon because it was a gigantic hit while never coming within range of a remotely funny moment, despite having a good cast, which included theatre workshop actor Stephen Lewis. It was so successful, in fact, that Hammer Films, I mentioned Hammer Films earlier because I loved Hammer Films when I was a boy, uh, Hammer Films, having give up, given up on horror, produced two on the buses movies, which broke the rule that people will not buy cinema tickets for what they can see on television. They were extremely profitable and ushered in perhaps the lowest point in British cinema history, when the only movies that could find finance apart from carry-on films themselves past their best were spin-offs from TV sitcoms. In On the Buses, Michael Robbins played a henpecked husband with a permanent look which was at once beaten down misery and sour complaint. He was married to Olive, the wore horn-rimmed spectacles. In one of the movies, Olive became pregnant, or perhaps thought she was pregnant, and ate nothing but pickled onions throughout. This was as memorably horrible as anything in Hammer's Dracula films, but not necessarily in a good way. Michael said that he cared very little whether he worked or not. He had probably made a fair someone on the buses because it ran for many years and ITV paid much more than the BBC, so perhaps he could afford to be picky. It seemed that he accepted or rejected a job purely because of the mood that day. I was up a ladder doing some decorating, he said. My agent calls and says, I want you for such and such, this is the fee. And I said, I don't care if I do or I do, I do it or not. Tell them to double the offer. And I slammed down the phone and five minutes later, my agent says they've doubled it. So I said, OK. But I don't care about the money. I do mostly for nothings. Michael was heavily involved in charitable activities. These activities took up much of his time and much of his conversation. There is no doubt that he genuinely cared. He was essentially a good man. But he didn't half go on about them. I do mostly for nothings, he said over and over again. For nothing. That lovable phrase became, Matthew, became Michael's refrain, just as indelibly as whippet shit was Tom's. <laughs> Looking across the rehearsal room at Peter Davison, Michael said to Matthew, Do you think he'd do her for nothing? Matthew said he didn't know, but expected he would if asked nicely. It seemed that in all his paid engagements, Michael was, uh, Michael was scouting for celebrities, minor or major, who could be browbeaten into doing a for nothing for him. People say, you're so caring, Michael, so generous, all this charity work, it's beautiful. But I say, no, I'm not generous, I'm not 
giving, I'm taking, because the joy I see in their little eyes is all the reward I need. That's why I do so many for nothings. Michael felt strongly that even when a fee had been agreed for a charity appearance, the celebrity had the moral duty to spurn it. An appearance which had been negotiated as a for-something should be understood to be a cleverly disguised version of a for-nothing. This was not a custom Matthew had heard of, but of course he knew little about such things. One well-known figure, having spent a day uh, hugging special needs children, asked Michael in a rather embarrassed way about the agreed payment. I was furious, said Michael Robin. <laughs> Matthew imagined Michael's lip curled as he addressed his victim, like his character from On the Buses, or like his highwayman. But he did not need to imagine it for long, because as the terrible memory came back to Michael, his lip lifted in a familiar way, like a shriveled, balding, contemptuous Elvis. If Davros had been a rock and roller, he might have looked like Michael in this frame of mind. All right, I said, just one moment. I went to the cash box and very slowly took out the fee in one pound notes, and I counted each note right in front of him onto a table. One, two, three, four, five, all the way up to 500 pounds, and I turned my back on him. He liked to present himself as being unusually sensitive, as perhaps he was. He hated rock music. Once at supper over a plate of Taramasalata in the BBC club, he complained about the rubbish that people listened to. Once I saw this violinist and he was playing absolutely beautifully, beautifully. He savoured this word. For a moment, all that could be seen of his eyes were the whites, as if he had momentarily trans been, been momentarily transported by remembrance of the lovely music. Hardly anybody in the audience, of course, though he played so beautifully. Some long-haired oik with a guitar his lip twisted in disgust. Well, lapidar, pathetic, talentless rubbish. Matthew made noises which were neither agreement nor disagreement. He liked violins, but he also liked the kinks. Peter Davison struck few people as an especially dangerous or edgy person, and yet he had as a lad been a rock drummer and had perhaps had youthful fantasies of pop stardom. He took polite offence at Michael's remark, pointing out in his nice but firm way that rock musicians work extremely hard, which was true. Michael said nothing. Perhaps he was busily remembering the violins. He put a hunk of bread topped with a pink, big pink dollop of taramasalata in his mouth. In the studio, he was a chatterer while other people did their scenes. Often his whispered grumble-mumble passed over the flats. But when he was on the set himself, a pin drop was enough to distract him. Can we have silence, please? Some of us are trying to work. On the last day of the visitation, hovering a few feet from a set, he said to Matthew, out of the blue, Lips drawn down and eyelids lowered. This is the worst job I've ever done. Matthew was fascinated but flabbergasted to hear this and it took all his willpower to keep from asking how someone who had spent a decade in on the buses could possibly think Doctor Who was the worst thing he had ever done. But perhaps he said it about all his jobs, except, of course, the for-nothings. That's my little bit about Michael Robbins. Great man, I adored him. Fascinating man. Hello, it's Tony again, and I'm grooving on down to some amazing music that's just stopped. Typical. Anyway, I'm here with Derek from Tenth Planet. Derek, how's it gone today? Very good. Always very good with Matthew, so it's been uh, interesting. I've never done something like at uh, a bookstore before, but no, it's, it's gone very good. It's nice to see some different people, different faces. Are you planning on doing more in bookstores? Or? Oh yeah, well, we're doing a tour with Matthew at the moment, so next week we go up to uh, Derby on Friday... Then we're going to Galaxy 4 in Sheffield and then down to Worcester at the Videodrome. And we've got a few um, 
Then we're at London Film and Comic Con a couple of weeks after that, and then we're off to Yeovil. So a bit of a tour at all parts of the country, so it should be quite fun. Just a little bit of a tour, goodness. Um, yeah. What else are you going to be doing with 10th Planet? I mean, 10th Planet are quite big in the, in the signing um, yeah, rankings, if you like. So try to, We're doing... Um, try to do signing events different people we're expanding what we've done we're very much concentrated on Doctor Who related over the years but we're looking at expanding that um I say on in August we're Brian Blessed to come along and of course Brian oh, I'm so looking forward yeah, to that so I'm well pleased with that and we've got Toby Longworth who also did voices in Star Wars has done Doctor Who yes and, and loads of bits and pieces and He's Peter Dredd, Roy yeah that's right Judge yeah. Fred yeah and Peter Roy and Peter's alone in Doctor Who done 17 uh, appearances in Doctor Who, let alone Star Wars, Blake Seven. I've been in virtually every episode of Porridge as a security guard. So it's one of the people that's always been there, maybe not recognised as much, but again has done a vast Think of the stories that can be told, quite oh, frankly. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's done over 2,000 TV and film appearances. If you look at an international movie database, at least probably 40, but he's actually been in like three different uh, Indiana Jones films, uh, two different Star Wars. He played 006 in one of the Bond films with Sean Connery, let on appear with Piers Brosnan. So he's been there in so much, you know, he's always Great. there about. So I think we've. Um, Brian, obviously, everyone knows Brian. Toby and Peter, have it's a nice to come to the Brian Blessed thing, just, just for the voiceover, quite oh, yeah, frankly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's, um, oh, he, he's, he's fabulous. So we're looking at that, and obviously, we work uh, with massive events and showmasters. So we do the Collectomania shows, we help arrange guests there. We've got um, Mike Tyson coming to London Film and Comic Con, um, William Shatner. Uh, there's like 100 guests and it's, um, Jimmy White's just been confirmed so as well as film and that you know, Sean Young Some of our, from Blade Runner um, this is sort of going around the world so yeah. do you want to explain briefly who Jimmy White is Jimmy White oh sorry he's a fabulous snooker player always the runner up in the world championship he won titles but in the world championships he never did it which, which is a, such a shame but I think the, the advantage is with something like um, London Film Comic Con Collectomania you do have as, as I, I just said, um, William Shatner and everyone knows Star Trek, Mike Tyson. They're recognisable names. Mm-hmm. Sean Young is there. Again, may not be well-known, but in Blade Runner. And a whole massive CV of stuff. So you work with so many great people. You're and, involved you know, with the uh, next Gallifrey convention as well, Yeah, we've got, at the moment, we've announced six guests. We have actually got seven one in the pipeline, which I'm just keeping under my collar for the moment. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, we've got, we've, we've got Matthew over there. Janet Fielder's coming over. We've just announced here McNeese, who again, oh, lovely. what a fabulous, fabulous name, but also such a great film career. Someone's TV got career. to talk to him about Edge of Darkness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Got yeah, to. Yeah. So, um, so Ian's come along, and uh, yeah, we, we've arranged a photo studio out there, so we get the pictures done with the celebrities. I say six guests at the moment, hopefully seven, so it'll be, yeah, hopefully a few more, but it's looking good. I'm really pleased with that. Thank you, dear. Oh, my pleasure. I'll no, speak thanks. to you very soon. Hope to see you again. Take care. Thanks, thanks a lot. And that's your lot. Thanks to everyone for turning up. Um, thanks to Mark Humphreys for organising it. And thanks to Matt Waterhouse for just being such a really nice bloke, quite frankly. Um, there'll be more from the DWPA very shortly, I should imagine. I don't know. Depends if we can be bothered to get out of bed. You know what these days are like. It's far too hot. Um, going away now. Doodles. Doodles. <laughs>